Welcome to the Unruly As Fuck Podcast, Unruly AF Podcast. Pew, 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 pew. Kelly, what's your pew, pew, pew? I said a pew, pew, pew. I didn't hear your pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah, again. Pew, 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 pew. This is a space for all the toxic feminists of the unruly tribe. Our topics will experiences of women in the diaspora with a focus on Nigeria. Mm. There will be bats, scholarship, and of course, bass as we dive into the world of African feminisms and an attempt to make sense of the world around us. So welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number three. We're happy to be here, right, Kelly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Ooh, and our topic today is quite exciting. So, yeah, um, it's exciting. It's a pretty heavy topic. We have a couple of things that we're gonna talk about um, that all kind of like tie into each other. Um, and later on, we're gonna tell you all about um, something exciting that we have planned. Mm-hmm. With you know, yeah, something that you know Kelly thought of that we're gonna do with the podcast and should be fun. I'm excited for it because it's right up my alley. Mm. But um, so lately, um, on the clubby, y'all know we be in these uh screeds. <laughs> There's screeds. <laughs> we be in these screeds, boy. Um, there's been some talks and some conversations about a couple things, right, that definitely tie into each other. One of the things that people have been talking about a little bit more that's definitely been catching my attention is, like, this this epidemic of, of ritual killings, mm-hmm. right, where people in that going missing, um, and... They're either turning up later with, you know, body parts missing. And, you know, and just before I can, the huge trigger warning. Like, I just, <laughs> this whole conversation is going to be really sensitive. Um, it was a really tough thing to, like, look at some research. Like, there were pictures that came. It was just really, really gruesome. Um, and it was just really unfortunate. But. We'll, we'll get, let me just, I'll just, just set it up for y'all and then we'll get to kind of like the bigger issue that's at hand here. So I was doing um, my resources. Um, I came across a couple of seemingly trustworthy sites about uh, it because <laughs> Vanguard is one of the like kind of references that we have. And as I was scrolling through, they had like an advertisement for like a United States Israeli pin combo thing. I don't, y'all just, y'all, y'all just can't help yourselves, can y'all? Um, but anyways, as, as I was doing my resource she's, um, I kept coming across this uh, number from the Red Cross um, where it's, they have about like t- 10,800 uh, people roughly who have been reported as missing in area mm-hmm. um and you know the because we don't collect data on anything in Nigeria unfortunately ourselves 
it makes it hard sometimes to be able to um, delineate these numbers to see like, okay, of the people who went missing, how many actually, you know, returned safely? How many did we, you know, find later, unfortunately, maybe deceased? What was the manner in which they, their bodies were discovered? Did they have all of their body, you know, like things like that? Mm-hmm. So all we really have is kind of like these articles that that list one by one, instance by instance, um, you know, these 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 cruel, cruel things that have happened to people, um, the manner in which people have turned up, um, the manner in which people have been caught. Um, and, you know, I think on this podcast, on it's really important for us to be as like explicit as possible mm-hmm. because I, I sometimes I think that because people don't understand like the full gravity of the things that people are going through sometimes they tend to like deep like just completely dehumanize them and detach mm-hmm. from the situation what like what people are actually um oh sorry I touched something what people are actually going through so, um, do you have anything that you want to say so far about any of the the a, articles that we were reading? I have a lot to say about about the articles and about like these things in general, right? Um, because I think I'm 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 probably gonna take it from a different aspect, um, or from a slightly adjacent or more adjacent aspect aspect English will not kill you anyway um, it is a huge problem back home in Nigeria and it's a problem that particularly like I mean the targets are mainly women right and because when when we talk about rituals um, and all these dusty practices right and it ties into like, and this is where patriarchy misogyny comes in because you people, will, you people will be tired. We will never stop using those tools. Patriarchy and misogyny will continue to use it here, right? This is where it comes in because you know purity culture, right? Women are pure. Women are this, mm-hmm. women are that. Um, especially if you're a virgin, right? You are seen to be quote unquote more valuable for these ritualistic purposes because you're seen as pure. You're seen as this. You're seen as that. And this is a huge problem in Nigeria. Like I said, it's, it's something that really affects women. And I think it's been going on for so long and i guess the reason why it looks like it's a huge problem is because of social media right mm. um social media has helped to bring things to the forefront um but i mean things like i i i, I mean the the more recent one that happened with may her soul rest in peace bamishi uh, before, before we even go there because on social media and because like because of social media, people are now understanding that it's not only just and because again, sorry, like I know I'm rambling, but again, like you said earlier about the dehumanization, a lot of these victims were dehumanized because they were assumed to maybe have been going out to see man or could have been sex workers or could have been going out at night or could have been following a rich guy. Do you get like this whole she's a gold digger narrative and that's why she ended up in BC. When you look at Nollywood and how Nollywood portrays these things, they always mm. 
you get a a mm. girl looking for like a rich man or a girl looking for this and then the rich guy is in the court and then the rich guy starts to use her pants and her this and her that right mm. and eventually use her head and mm. people who make it seem like sets them right sets them right right but with cases that we've seen now with uwa with hini with bamishe um where these were just women, right, minding their business, women going for job interviews, women being in church, women, like, just not even going to see her sister, right? And then mm -hmm. these things happen to them. It's now people are realizing that, hold on, hold on a minute. It's not like even if she was going to or she was in Benz, it still doesn't make a difference, right? Like, now Benz, I went, uh, that don't, mm -hmm. please use my head for rituals, like, what the fuck? Um... But people see now that, okay, this could happen <laughs> to non-quote-unquote gold diggers. It's now looking like there's a problem. But this is something that's always been there. Should we also, should we also talk about cultural practices? Where in certain uh, traditions, cultures, if the king dies or a prominent chief dies, they're looking for virgins, women, to, 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 to send to, to the afterlife with him. I mean, it's 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 like this, this thing is is hella layered, right? It is it's like an onion, um, and it has always been a problem. Like this femicide of a thing, like we, we people are always focusing on maybe South Africa because they, they talk about how in South Africa, like every how many minutes, how many hours, how many seconds, a black woman is being killed in South Africa. In Nigeria, like <laughs> I guess I think it's just as high <laughs> because the amount of femicide that goes on in Nigeria, like actual intentional killing of women it's it's crazy and this is just one of the ways that this femicide thing is is is, is happening i don't know um regarding the articles um, the article that you said um that they were just like like it's really scary i don't know if you remember the article where they were listing um oh yeah that one here actually on first this was found on this and like it's like a space of like months or or a month the the, mm -hmm. the times are not even wide and mm -hmm. if you check these like it, it's still predominantly women right women missing their private parts women missing their heads even ah, more it is a very it's problematic it really mm -hmm. is problematic but I, I would say the reason because somebody will come and say well men get uh, I, I i mean <laughs> yeah of course everybody gets but who are their main targets it's women and it's women because of purity culture this notion that women are and that's why i get so uncomfortable when men come and say women are goddesses i'm like no we're not like we are human beings like you do you get what i mean like yeah we're queens right we are great we're special but this myth is i don't know if i call it mythicizing or i don't even know the word to use now of women like making us feel like we're divine beings is the reason why it, I don't know, it feeds into this fetish. I don't know how to explain it, this fetishization. And people now start seeing women as, oh, we are not push you. Men too are gods. How about that? Men are, are, um, are gods too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and this is, and we'll get into it too, because um, what I will say is that, you know, we can't ignore the, like Kelly has so rightfully pointed out, the ways in which, like, there is a hyper-focus on women mm -hmm. um, when we look at some of these, like, cultural practices mm -hmm. um, in terms of ritual sacrifices. Like, there's even this one, um, this one, uh, like, festival that happens, um, I think it's in, hey, geez, in Oshun State, um, and it's like they have to have like this virgin that carries the 
the, the sacrifice to the to the water and if nothing happens to her then it's all good but it's some I think something about like after she carries it she she then is like not allowed to be married or she can't I don't know it's it I don't remember but it was just a lot of like hmm that this is interesting because it's something that's seen as such a great honor but then you're kind of like isolated for the rest of your life because now you are seen as just being too like the culture thing that that kelly was talking about too right because this is my problem and, and this is why i keep telling people that misogyny patriarchy is evolving right like you just said something it seems like a great honor do you get what i mean that's how they mm-hmm. deceive these little girls deceive these women right to make us feel like oh my god they're giving us like the greatest honor or they are giving us something but it's not true, right? Because first of all, like you are reducing this woman to her quote unquote virginity, which is a social construct, right? Which is a, I don't know, it's, it's, and then like you said, she's alienated for the rest of her life because she has gone through this practice. So really, what is she gaining from it? And I keep saying this thing, right? Women should start questioning. If they are giving you the honor as a woman, that honor is somehow, somehow honor. Because men are selfish, right? Men always want to come out on top. And if a man is not running to be the one to carry the basket, <laughs> <laughs> you should know there's a fucking problem. Yeah, that's how I that's how I see it. But sorry, carry on. No, it's okay. So I want to um read a little bit of something from that we read from mm-hmm of you know give people a little bit more context about um kind of like what's happening at the legislative level as it pertains to this situation Mm -hmm. um so we found an article um from february 10 2022 um from the guardian titled house of reps asked government to declare national emergency on ritual killings um so it says house of representatives yesterday called on the federal government to declare a national emergency aimed at stemming the tide of ritual killings in the country. This followed the adoption of a motion by Deputy Minority Leader Toby Okechukwu at the plenary presided by Deputy Speaker Ahmed Waste. The House asked uh, Inspector General of Police Usman Akali Ba'a, Jesus Christ, See all these men. The House uh, asked Inspector General of Police Usman Akali Baba to increase surveillance and intelligence gathering with a view to apprehending and prosecuting perpetrators. The lawmakers called on the National Orientation Agency, parents, heads of schools, and the media to launch a campaign to change the negative trend. So this is the thing that I don't like, right? So as you go further and further down the um, the article, it, it gets to this thing, right? Where the person, um, who is this? The, um, the deputy minority leader, uh, okay, Chuku, he does this thing where he kind of starts to like, blame like the youth and saying that you know the youths are are lazy and you know that I I really want to find that part to read it um the exact wording to you all um yeah so here it is he says 
Uh, Okechuku said it should be of grave concern that while youths in other climes are embracing science and technology, some of their Nigerian counterparts are stuck in the belief that sacrificing human blood is a route to wealth and protection. And I think that that is just such an insensitive comment to make because yeah. as I was telling you earlier, one of the things that, that really pisses me off about the Nigerian government is this inability to like take accountability mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like an environment that, that you have allowed to prosper, mm-hmm. right? Why is it that people like live in an environment where they are willing to do all, literally anything to be able to eat, to be able to have money, right? Like it's one of those things where you can't, you know, the whole thing about, oh, like I want to have fancy cars. I want to have nice clothes. That's very surface level for, I want to be able to provide for myself, right? Like I want to be able to have my basic needs met to the point where I have enough excess money to buy the things that I actually would want to buy. And we're talking about people who live in once again, right? A country where more than 50% of people are living well below the world poverty line, right? There's a whole generation of people who are able-bodied, who are educated, um, and who have, you know, everything that they would need internally to, to be successful workers, and there's no jobs. Take somebody even almost 20 years to finish school in Nigeria, like, come on, right? And we're just talking about undergrad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You you get what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that that have factored into the desperation that people feel when they are engaging into things like this, and so that's that's part of the problem, right? it's unfortunate that, you know, every time it comes to addressing an issue, the government comes in with this kind of like parental like admonishment of like, well, you shouldn't have been doing that anyways, and it's like my guy, you haven't been doing your job. Like you haven't been looking out for me the way you were supposed to be looking out for me, right? To the point where like things like this are still flourishing. Um, and it's not to, it, it, it doesn't alleviate any type of response from the people who are engaging in these things because mm-hmm. like we've also read, um, they know that what they're doing is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Was, um, oh God, I forget which article it was. I think it was the Vanguard article where they were talking about, how like maybe not the vanguard article um but they were talking about how like you know they use coded language so that people don't know what it is that they're talking about Mm -hmm. um so i thought that that was also like really you know that was really that was a really like huge thing as well um but you know it's it's just to say that like i don't think that the approach that the government be taking either um (laughs) is like is the right one um, what is declaring a state of national emergency going to do? Like, I'm confused. Like, what about maybe putting in some more like resources and efforts into like finding wh- out where those 10,000, um, 800 and something people <laughs> in Nigeria that are missing where those people are. Right. Like, I don't, I don't really get. But Billy, say something to that. Right. Um, and cause you just said something about the, the youth thing and that's true like in like it's even a lie i would even come and say so. <laughs> <laughs> you know why it's a lie? because a lot of these ritualists are grown politicians Hello. girl they probably okay Chuku that wrote this article knows somebody that 
do you remember that Instagram story, right? Um, this that, that thing was going all around Instagram where this woman um, gave her story about how she was um, kidnapped. It was all over social media, mm-hmm. how she was kidnapped and how she, like, by, by this ritualist, right? And, and pretty much she said that at one of the times the ritualist people, the, the killers, the kidnappers, whatever, um, got a call from, like they got two calls from two allergies, right? Talking mm. about, um, I need vagina, I need eyes, I need head, Ooh. I need I Like, these are like, so this whole notion, like, first of all, like, Nigerians are very disingenuous. So, of course, you're going to blame everything on kids. I think I told you the other day now, there was a school that was trying to even combat cultism. And they said they would start arresting the cultist parents because the cultist parents are not training them. I'm like, how the fuck does that even make any sense? But the thing is, it's not about the youths, right? Yes, mm-hmm. are part of the problem. The youths, I mean, and, and you've, you've addressed that with saying the, the government is not doing their job to provide for to provide for these youths, right? Because you're right. We mm-hmm. every day they are striking here and there. Every day they like like even when you're in school, right? As mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough. Like I, my heart goes out to like. Nigerian Nigerian schooling in Nigeria because it's not easy. Um, and to come out of uni, your to find a job is 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 hard. And even when you find a job, you are most likely being underpaid. So it's not even like people are stuck in this quest, right? But they, they, even a lot of these ritualists are rich men, mm-hmm. rich politicians, rich people, rich people in position of power. That because they want to remain in that position of power they continue to do these things like, what are we talking about what are we actually like like it's just a lie and and it's, it's i guess it's easy to blame young people right it's, it's like i said now they blame the women they find they used to blame the women that the women are the gold diggers going <laughs> i swear going to look for rich man there was a time that if it, like that is always what people will say ah she's a, she's she's a person this one has shower now like making it seem like okay even if she's a sex worker right does that mean that she should be like does that give you the rights is she not a fucking human human being like what the fuck are we talking about so these things really really irritate me i'm not gonna lie um and okay chuku is a liar because it's not a youth problem it is a nigerian i want to go say a nigerian man problem i know people are going to come for me and say every time Niger- but it is you people's problem because you are the ones that are who is the papala who is the one in nigeria <laughs> And, you know, much to Kelly's point, um, I I do want to I want to read another little excerpt um, from another article that we read um, from the Council on Foreign Relations. It's it's an opinion um, piece about the comments um, written by Ebenezer um, Obadare, and it's titled Ritual Killings in Nigeria Reflect Mounting Desperation for Wealth and Security Amid the Creeping Collapse of Law and Order. Um, and he, you know, that that little point that we had just made, um, he, you know, further even expounds on it because um, Okechuku later goes on to talk about um, the perverse influence of Nollywood um, and the, you know, the Nigerian movie industry um, and, and the way that it, it glorifies ritual killings. Um, but the in, in this post, um, Obadare says, you know, in the first place, um, you know, the quote, mistaken belief, end quote, in the efficacy of ritual killings for cash is not the demographic uh, preserve of young people in the country. As a matter of fact, part of what makes the belief uh, sociologically intriguing is its cross-generational dispersal and resilience. 
So like most Nigerians do indeed find the idea of ritual killings, whether for money uh, specifically or power in general, genuinely reprehensible, reprehensible and abhorrent. Yet irrespective of their level of education, a number, a large number continue to believe that it works. Members of the political elite regularly visit shrines to swear oaths, ask for Aditi's blessing, or seek, quote, spiritual defense, end quote, against political enemies. In 2004, police discovered dozens of corpses at a shrine in Okija, in the southeastern state of Anambra, where many of the state's senior politicians had also apparently sworn oaths. After police mobilized to neutralize the Badu Boys, a group which spread terror across Lagos State, the country's commercial capital in 2017, by crushing the skulls of its victims, at least one suspect confessed that desperate politicians paid as high as $1,000 for a handkerchief soaked with the blood of a murdered person. So um, he, you know, goes on to talk about how, you know, for... You. Oh, go ahead. For someone that loves Olamide, you pronounce that Bado girl or some Bado. <laughs> it's not Bado. It's not Bado. Not... It's Bado. Not... Bado. No. Ew. It's not? I No, I don't think so. Hey, Jesus, is it? Because girl. I'll have to distance myself from Olamide if that's the case. I don't think it's, it's affiliated to Olamide. I don't think it is. But um... I never thought Bado was spelled with two O's. Is it not spoken to Well, maybe you're right. Maybe it's better. Let me see. Oh, mommy, I don't see. No, I don't know English. No, I was looking for... Ah, it's spelled with two O's, oh. Jesus mm. Christ. No, it's spelled with two D's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Ah, don't scare me like that. <laughs> oh, my God. The way you said Badu. Because I'm like, so I know Badu is not spelled with two O's. Okay, no, no, no. It's spelled with two D's. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so to all the Alamide fans out there, you see yeah. how Kelly just tried to take our joy this day. <laughs> Well, enemies of progress will not prosper. They will never prosper. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Google. <laughs> my, my, my heart is still pounding. <laughs> um, um, oh that's... my God. No, allow me to slander. No, 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 no. He's great. He's great. He's great. <laughs> He's so great. I love him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, he then goes on to, you know, talk about how like for a long time in Nigeria, a lot of people have seen wealth, politics and ritual, you know, stuff as kind of like a, the, the, the trilogy like that, you know, typically if you're wealthy, you're going to end up going into politics and typically if then you're probably doing something weird on the low like there's been and there has been Nollywood movie after Nollywood movie after Nollywood movie um, that but I don't think it glorifies it, right? I think like it portrays and for me a long for a long time I actually felt like it was a deterrent um that kept a lot of people away from wanting to be for one and for two for like people who may have wanted to get into politics it was very much like oh no like if you get into politics they're either gonna kill you or they're gonna get you to start killing other people Mm -hmm. for money rituals and they're gonna you know indoctrinate you with all into all these like fraternities Mm -hmm. and and secret groups and and cult like so it just it'd be for me I thought that it was like a really good 
people who were already empowered to continue to stay in power by like giving by continuing to like feed off of this fear that people had about like the influence of politics and money. And I think like at the end of the day, like the bigger picture is the fact that it, it corrupts. Right. And that's, that really is what the, cause you know, us as people, we, we as Nigerian people, you're about people, especially we speak in parables. And when we want to give lessons, you, you give lessons in, in that same manner. So mm-hmm. I think like the big lesson here is that, you know, like these are things that we as human beings, we've, we've recognized that it, it corrupts like in some of the worst ways possible. Um, and now what you have though, is you have people who are super duper poor, um, people super duper rich, people mm-hmm. who are illiterate and people who are super literate, mm-hmm. who are engaging in these things nonetheless, mm-hmm. because of this, like this, this needs have more or mm-hmm. this, this, I, I don't even, and I don't even really know, like, if we can get down to the nitty gritty of it, that, like, there is some type of, like, bloodlust that exists with people who actually, like, do these things, mm-hmm. because, y'all, okay, so this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, you know, what's, go through the timeline, because it, like, lists out, you know, the things that to some of these people, um, and, you know, if you need to you know, step away for a second, or if you want to like turn it, turn the podcast down for like the next like five minutes or so you can do so. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's about like the, the gruesome nature of the way that like some of the, these things have gone down that Mm -hmm. also like convinces me that this is part of the problem of us not collecting data, um, and us not being more interested in the reasons why people in our community, um, murder or like feel the need to like take the life of somebody else. Uh, I think that if we had, you know, a lot more data on that and we, we paid more attention to that and we, we, we put more, more funding and, and we put more like reverence behind those types of like that type of work and that type of infrastructure, Mm -hmm. it would be, it would be really helpful for us in the long run to understand like why some of these things happen. Um, so let let me just, you know, start off by citing the source that we're using is a Nigerian publication, I believe. Yes. Um, it's called the cable. Um, and this was published May 26, 2021, I believe. Yes, it was. Um, and this was written by, um, Ayodile Oluwafemi. Um, and it's a timeline and it's titled how Southwest is becoming a hotbed of ritual killings um, in Nigeria. Uh, and it starts off with on March 24th, 2014, the nation was thrown into a moment of confusion when a kidnapper's den was discovered in Soka community in Ibadan, Oyo State. The den was discovered by some commercial motorcyclists um, who were searching for two of their colleagues after they to the community without returning. So I, I do also want to say, like, there, there, there is a focus on women um, when we are looking at these ritual killings. Um, but because there's so many different types of, you know, things that people will try to do or ways in which people will try to 
bring about, you know, whatever type of wealth or good fortune they're looking for, depending mm-hmm. on who they go to. Um, men and little boys are also at risk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the most popular body parts to use are, you know, trigger warning, um, the head, the hands, uh, genitalia, particularly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, women with children and pregnant women are definitely at risk. Um, they do talk about the um, tr- the raping um, of some of these women right before they're they're actually you know murdered. Mm-hmm. So you know, also keep that in mind. Oh, Kelly, did you want to say something before I continue? No, like absolutely right. Like I was just thinking about that. Like yeah, everyone is at risk, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Um, but if we're gonna call it spade a spade and what it is, mm-hmm. and and it, like you said, it even depends on what <laughs> the person is looking for. Mm-hmm. In most cases, like um. And it's not really like a comparison or anything. And the reason why I'm highlighting this huge dis- this is it disparity now between that mm-hmm. like it really <laughs> affects women is because I want people to see it as a problem, right? I don't want us to wait until when maybe until maybe more men are getting killed before we notice it's a problem. But by then, how many women would have died, right? So women are dispro- disproportionately targeted, and for. I want to say more complex requests, <laughs> like maybe yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like um, more money, or maybe you want to. I don't know. I don't even know who you go to, right? They usually would want you to bring little, like girls, women, mm-hmm. like it's private. If she's a virgin, bonus points. And um, my God, Kelly, girl, it's just it's just problematic. So yeah, everyone is at risk. Um, men, women, um, everyone is at risk. But who do they predominate? Even one of the articles mentioned that that they predominantly target women, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's I, 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 like we need to take it seriously, right? We we don't, and we need to even stop. And again, why I'm even saying this women thing is because, like I said, for a long time, people have always found ways to dehumanize the women, right? Oh, she's a gold digger, she's a sex worker, and it doesn't really change the price of fish in the market, whether she's a gold digger, right? Like, she's gold, she wants to dig. It does not mean that she, you should come and collect her head. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah, but carry on, girl. Mm. Yeah, Um. so, you know, that, that den that they discovered um, in Oyo State, that was, like, the that was the biggest, the most shocking revelation of, like, excuse me, the most shocking revelation of like how this stuff was happening. And, you know, it, they said that they also found, you know, there were other victims that were there, um, malnourished that were in being, that were kidnapped for the intent of being used for, you know, whatever ritual purposes. Um, in May, on May 6, 2015, uh, the, the body of precious Kensington, um, almost, I don't know how to say her last name. Omor Rodion. Omor Rodion. Omor Rodion. Omor Rodion. A 23-year-old was discovered in a kidnapper's den in at Alta Ogun State, Ogun State after 18 days of disappearance. Um, the police also rescued a 28-year-old woman found in the uncompleted building. Um, in 2016, Ogun police discovered a ritualist den located within an abandoned filling station. Um, following a tip-off from a member of the community. 
let's see, on August 30th, 2017. Oh, well, let me not, hmm, let me say that one because that's too much. Um, so yeah, some of these are really gruesome. Okay, on October 7, 2017, um, Ogun, Ogun police arrested six members of a syndicate allegedly involved in killing people for ritual purposes at different locations across the state. Um, police said two members of the syndicate were caught with a bag containing trigger warning, uh, fresh and dried human parts. Jesus Christ. What's the name? Uh, on August 20, 2018, the Lagos police arrested uh, Taiwo Akinola, a suspected cult member, for allegedly killing, attempting to kill Alice Akinola, his mother, for money rituals. They was reported that, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I was going to say family members as well gives bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there's a couple of them here where they, they killed their sons or they tried to, anyways. Reported that the assailant attacked his mother by hitting a plank on her head um, after he had sent his nephew to go and buy a white handkerchief and a pack of cigarettes. Hmm. So, ah, let's see this one. November 27, 2018, two brothers identified as Saeed uh, Obadimeji and Ayodiji Obadimeji were said to have beheaded a, a teenage boy at an uncompleted building in Sap. Jesus, in Sakwati town in Ibeju-Leki, Lagos. It, is, it was reported that the suspects cut off the boy's head for the purpose of selling it for 200,000 naira. That would be 100,000 naira for each of them. Um, so his life uh, is worth 200,000. Can you just imagine? Like 200k. 200k. You just cut a little boy's future. Like he cut his life short, put his family in depression and sadness over 200,000. Like, can you just imagine? Um, so on June 20th, 2019, um, Dotu Ogunlade, a prophet prop popularly called Arole Jesu Jesus was arrested in, I don't know how to say this one, in Igbora area of Oye, Oyo State for the alleged murder of Bosede Ogunlade, a 25-year-old housewife for ritual purposes. They have the same last name, Mo. Um, did you kill, did you kill one of your housewives for ritual purposes? Well, he said he lured, they said, they said that he lured her to, oh, oh yes. yeah, she's like a customer. Okay, the prophet was said to have lured Bosede, who hailed from Ilori in Kwara State, with the promise of providing solution to her economic and marital problem, and then you killed her. Allegedly. That's Vice. what they said. Um, hmm. On October 2019, Ogun police arrested two men, Emmanuel Aro, age 25, and Anu Olofiju, age 25, with a human skull alongside Ijon Road, Igwa axis of the state. So they rode with a human skull in broad, was it in broad daylight? Like the two suspects were, have, were said to have been sighted at a cemetery digging the grave of the of one, ah, Jesus, one Amo Bankole. Wow. So you people are grave robbers. You are also going into people's graves. They've, they've, they've rested their people have rested them they said all their prayers and all their sacraments over them and you are now going to disturb them and steal their head and steal their head 
Wow. Okay, this is another one, No, This is one of the ones that we're talking about that specifically target women. In June 2020, residents of Akinleye LGA in Oyos, oh, sorry, it's Akinleye, sorry, LGA in Oyos State were thrown into over the series of rape and murders that occurred in the area. Within one month, three young ladies, uh, Grace Oshiagu, um, Barakat Belo and Azizat Somuiwa in their residences located in Akinyela LGA in a pattern that suggested ritual killing. On the Akinyela killings, the police arrested one Sonde Shodipe, a 19-year-old suspect who confessed that he received food and 500 naira for each of the six persons murdered in the area. He said he was sent on the mission by a fifth herbalist who claimed who he claimed was his master he said quote anytime i go killing for baba referring to the herbalist will give me some charms and also teach me some incantation to recite so that nobody will see me at the scene of the crime hmm this so you see this person was giving this this small boy food and 500 who knows where he got this right see what poverty <laughs> anyways it also says here on august 14 2020 the Ondo police arrested one festus adebayo a 65 year old pastor alongside Igbemisola olufusi for alleged involvement in virtual activities Kelly, I'm going to listen to this one. Though. The duo was accused of using the menstrual pad of one Oluwashemilore, uh, a 20-year-old girlfriend of Olufusi for ritual purposes. Ladies, they're using your menstrual pads. Can you just imagine mm. the thing that will make you feel ashamed? They will make you feel ashamed for, and they say that, oh, you're dirty when you're when you're your period, you shouldn't be doing certain things, and this side, mm. X, Y, and Z. They're using your they're using your pads. Hmm. All right. Um. Hmm. I. It, so it, to go on, right? Like, there's you know these it looks people are typically looks like working in pairs right people are typically not doing these things on their own um you know there's cases where people are finding you know where they're finding victims checkbooks wigs atm cards uh, and abandoned buildings um you know it it's just it's this thing where there there is a pattern, right? Like there does seem to be like a methodology for the way that these things are done. There definitely seems to be um, a manner by which people people resort to when they want to engage in these things. Um, and I think that uh, you know, for, for for to blame it on young people. Um, I think is absolutely disgusting um, from representatives, um, from our folks in government. Um, I think to not be, to not have a full breath conversation about what it is um, that that the Nigerian government can actually be doing um, to mitigate uh, people, because people are suffering in Nigeria. Like, let's not, let's not do that. 
right? Let's not act like people are not suffering. Um, and let's not act like, you know, even the people who are in power, let's not act like not still um, using these things to try to keep to be in power, right? To continue to to scare people away, um, you know, to try to, you know, keep people kind of locked in this era where things like ritual killings and um and this belief that you can get power and you can get money by, you know, sacrificing other people. Oh shit, sorry. Sacrificing other people by murdering other people, like, you know, it's it's I feel like it's just one one big ass cycle. But before we move on to the next thing, Kelly, did you want to say anything else about um, this particular topic? Girl, I think I've said it all. I don't think there's anything else to add at this point. Just stop killing people, like, harassing. Stop killing people. Stop harming women. Stop harming little kids. Stop harming, just stop harming people. Um, Yeah, it's disgusting. And it's very, very... You people are disgusting. Y'all are disgusting. Very disgusting. So part of the, the the next thing that we're gonna talk about, right? Absolutely ties into this thing about like the ways in which like the Nigerian government doesn't really do the needful um really um approach things in a way that is nuanced or in a way that is like really solution oriented it's kind of more so like we just want to keep things the way that they have been and we'll give you like little crumbs here and there um and if you're not happy about it well oh well right the things that me and kelly have been talking about a lot is the the gender uh equality bills been uh going around in rotation in Nigeria and you know um it's (laughs) so it's it's really interesting because initially um you know the bills were shot down um and I think it was I think around March 8th that we got word that um that they were going to be reconsidering um like some of like the key things that were initially proposed. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing about it is that I, so here's my thing, right? I told Kelly, like, we're still going to have like a whole little thing that we do where we like do a deep dive into it and we, we really, really get into it. Um, And we, you know, go through the language of the bill, go through the wordings and like Mm -hmm. really break down all of what's in there. Um, but just like initially, you know, our initial thoughts and our initial sentiments, it's just, it's, yo, it's 2022, like, come on. People, people are sending people to Mars and we are still trying to determine whether a woman should give her husband, like, are you people not embarrassed? And if you saw the apparently like there was a video going around where they asked um they asked them because i don't even know if that's how you're meant to do it but let's assume that's how you're meant to do it they asked them should we this one abby should we repeal this one all of them shamelessly shouted no like are you nigerian men not ashamed of yourselves <laughs> for real for real you people have not put lights national assembly people there's no lights Diesel is 600 and 800 naira. 
there's false scarcity as we speak, right? But your problem is that a woman should not give, like you should be ashamed of yourselves. In 2022, Jesus, in the energy, embarrassing, very embarrassing. Yeah, so I just to read um, one of the articles that we looked over when we were doing our initial um, mm-hmm. our initial research. This one is from uh, In Depth and um, was written by uh, Lisa Vives um, from the Global Information Network. Uh, so it has some, you know, it talks about what was happening a little bit. Um, and I guess, let me just, let me just introduce it so I can, so everybody can be on the same page because I be feeling like when we be on clubhouse and people be like arguing about this shit, they don't even be knowing, right? Like you don't even know what it is that you're arguing about. All you know is that you don't want women to be able to do shit, right? So let's just, let's, let's give the people a little bit of scholarship and then we can do the grass space. So for the time in five years, Nigeria's National Assembly has voted against a bill providing affirmative action for women in political party administration. The lawmakers also voted against a provision to create special seats for women in the national and state assemblies. Lawmakers who, re- who rejected the bill cited sociocultural and Islamic concerns. Are you people not embarrassed? Mm-hmm. Are you not a shit? That's why I said. Religion is ruining that country, oh. Anyways, 81 lawmakers voted in favor of the bill, while 208 voted against it, and 13 members abstained from voting. Those 13 members that abstained are very useless. I just want you to know that. Um, Jesus, and the 208 that voted against it, well, don't worry. Anyways, the proposed legislative uh, legislation bill titled A Bill for an Act to Alter the, the Provisions of the 1999 Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria to Provide a Minimum Percentage for Women in Ministerial or Commissioner, or commissioner Nominee would have criminalized discrimination on the basis of gender or marital status and was also aimed at improving enforcement of existing laws against gender-based violence. The bill's sponsor, um, Senator Biodun Olujimi from Ikiti State in Southern Nigeria said the proposed law would stem a tide of gender-based violence against women. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see here. Uh, Cynthia Mbama... Mbamalu, Jesus, I don't know which one that, that last name is. It's not sounding too Nigerian though. Um, but Cynthia Mbamalu, program manager at YIAGA Africa, a nonprofit leading the campaign for the legislation's passage, called its latest defeat, quote, a major setback on our path towards a more developed society, end quote. The rejection of all five gender bills was met with dismay by a coalition of 229 women's groups who converged at the at the country's parliament in Abuja to protest the decision. Present at the voting was Mrs. Delacro Osimbajo, the wife of Vice President Yemi Osimbajo, who lobbied unsuccessfully for the adoption of the bill. Following the vote, hundreds of women showed up at the National Assembly complex in the Nigerian capital to demonstrate against the Senate's decision. Um, so I want to read one of the some of the from the women. Um, who were there at the protest. Um, here's one from uh, Nisi, Nisi, Nimi Sire Emitomoko. 
<laughs> Jesus, somebody should give me somebody should give me an award though. Your band names are not easy. Um doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> so uh Mrs. Emmy Tomal said, or Miss Emmy Tomal said, I am here, um, bracket at the protest bracket, because I am angry, end quote. She's 25 years old. Um, she said, when I saw the vote yesterday on March, March 1st, the first thing that came to my mind is why do they hate us so much? They are literally saying we are second-class citizens, end quote. <laughs> One of the amendments, if passed, would have granted citizenship to foreign-born husbands of Nigerian women. The Nigerian constitution already confers automatic citizenship foreign-born wives of Nigerian men. Another would have given a woman the right to become residents of their country state after five years of marriage. Um, so one of the other women that were there uh, for months, uh, Chioma, um, uh, Chioma Aguegbo, executive director of Tech Her NG, and other activists had held consultations on the bills with legislators, civil society groups, and various other stakeholders. She says, quote, they shut the bills down with a vehemence that scares us, end quote. Um, the quote, the reason why women are out today and tomorrow and keep having this conversation is that women are not just only for, are not just good only for votes. You cannot lead us without us, end mm -hmm. quote. Hmm. Another woman, Aisha Osori, director of Open Society Foundations, told Al Jazeera, quote, it is clear that the rejection of this bill is a continuation of patriarchal structure in the society, end quote. Quote, as diverse as Nigeria is in terms of how divided we seem to be when it comes to ethnic, religious, and class divides, one thing that you than anything is the common hatred for women and quotes aisha almost it will be well for you <laughs> giving you all of your flowers my good they sister just to drag women you, so seen, you see the way they all just come together just like that that's the way um russians and ukrainians they'll just come together like that to be racist towards black people exactly. you see that you exactly see that? how that works you see? That's the thing. That's the thing. Oh, you people are so diverse in your thoughts about like how you want the country to be ran in terms of policies, in terms of how you want to do your politics, in terms of all these ethnic groups. But the one thing that consistently stays the same is the way that y'all like to hate on women. Mm hmm. Muslims and Christian men, they put their, they put all their whatever's aside to come together and say, no, we must continue to oppress women. Mm -hmm. Clap for yourselves. Don't mind them. Embarrassing. <laughs> very embarrassing and very scary. Very, very scary. Wow. Oh, I keep saying, Nigerian women, we really don't have rights. We really like, you think like and it's so sad because Nigeria, a lot of Nigerian men think oh because they can drive they can go to work they can go to school they can own property they can own businesses that they have rights no you don't you really do not have you can't even give a foreigner citizenship like you are that insignificant in the eyes of the law right that 
you are not enough to give your husband right citizenship just like, like let that you're not even a citizen <laughs> they don't even, <laughs> but a man can let that sink in are you people tell me you have rights hmm. stop and asking breadcrumbs nigerian women you deserve the bread you deserve uh, the whole bread the whole loaf the whole fucking loaf stop accepting crumbs the whole Bread. You cannot be full on crumbs. Yeah. The sooner Nigerian women understand that and understand that they cannot be full on crumbs, the better. The better. That is when we can even start to. Because thank God for is I think her name is Aisha, right? That's mm-hmm. it. May mm-hmm. you live long. May ah, you, you live long, go. Children too will live long. Ah, everybody in your entire family generational life. Because you are saying the truth. And ah, the truth. you are saying the truth. Yes. The tr- Roots, man. Ah. 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 I see the way she just the bells just bagam bagam. She said it right, like she said it as it is. They will unite just to drag women. They will unite. They will do wasobia. You see this whole one. They will put it. No wasobia. They will put it aside for misogyny. Mm. Um, not to another article i think it was mr um ebenezer Badare won the game that that one mr 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 man Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah it was what was it that he (laughs) he decided because they are trying they they are considering partially rescinding it's a huge win are you not Uh, can you just imagine you are applauding he Pasha. said it was, it is also evidence of a well-coordinated political pressure by civil society or organ- Can you just shut up your mouth, dog? No, 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 sir. <laughs> so yeah, Mr. Um, Obada Ray, yes, um, thank you. We knew, we knew that this article was written by a man before I even checked the, I checked the author again. Um, but, you know, he said that, you know, the, the, because the National Assembly was, you know, or the, the lower legislative chamber was partially rescinding last week's decision to throw out five key gender equality bills that, you know, it's, it was a significant victory for women's rights activists in the region. Mm-hmm. And that is also evidence of a well-conored whatever. We don't care. Um, the thing that got us, though, was him referring to... <laughs> Him referring to one of these men's as women's rights activists. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find out which man it was that he. Embarrassing. <laughs> like men must always center themselves. Always. Oh my god! Always. Always. Um, Not the feminist king. Not the feminist king. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was the yeah, there was one lawmaker in here that he cited as being a woman's rights activist and it just sat really funny in my ear um and then so he also he goes he does go on to kind of he does drag the Nigerian government just a little bit um he talks about how like he begins to talk about gender quotas in um in in and he talks about how in Rwanda, the constitution reserves right now about 30% of its parliamentary seats for women. Um, and by 2020, um, more than 60% of the seats in the Rwandan parliament were held by women. Um, and then he wants to talk about how on a global average um, for the year 2018, um, it was about like 
98% um, of women that you would find represented at any given time um, in any like formal government structure. And that was just the average. So there's definitely um, countries out there where it was a lot less and there's countries out there where it was a lot more. Um, and he's, you know, goes on to say at least 13 countries mandate reserved seats for women in their parliaments. Um, and the percentage of female lawmakers in the South African, Senegalese, and Ethiopian parliaments is uh, 46 for South Africa, 41 for Senegal, and 38 for Ethiopia, respect mm -hmm. respectively. Um, he then goes on to talk about how um, a standard criticism of gender quotas is that they enthrone and perpetuate elite capture of power under the guise of gender equality. Um, so this, so basically talking about how like you could have a gender a gender quota and you have people in power who they'll literally put certain people in those positions that fill those gender quotas but will still fill their agenda but it's like that's not really a critique of like gender quotas that's like a critique of politics in general yeah. so <laughs> next one um a related argument is that lawmaking in nigeria is too expensive to begin with and that adding more parliamentary seats even if allocated for women can only worsen the existing so it says, as of 2019, Nigerian lawmakers were reportedly the second highest paid in the world with an effective annual total compensation of $597,000. Of course, you didn't know that. An estimated 40% of Nigerians currently live below the international poverty line of less than $2 a day. You didn't know this. When they are paying them hardship allowance as part of their salary, newspaper allowance. Those men should be ashamed. You people should be embarrassed. And these are numbers from 2019. I can only imagine what it was like now. But it said this results in a total of 20 billion Naira, which is $65 million per year, and 79 billion, um, which is 260 million at the end of each legislative tenure. Given that the members of the Senate are only required to sit for at least 180 days a year, this equates to 1 million Naira a day. Mm. So I'm going to say that again, right? Them getting, they earn around 597000 per year in salaries and allowances because there's also like um, a certain amount of, a, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying 597000 more, like... $597,000 exactly. so per year. Mm -hmm. So, and so the results, when you add it all up at the end of their term, so, or, or per year is this results in a total of uh, 20 billion, um, 20 billion Naira, 606, which is 65 million per year and 79 billion Naira, which is 260 million at the end of each legislative tenure. That's how much that we're paying these people to fuck us over. Period. We're paying them 79 billion Naira every year to fuck us over. This is for all of our lawmakers. And they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. For the entire, for the entire National Assembly, the annual cost for 109 senators and 360 House of Representatives comes around 69 billion which is $226 million a year. So 69 billion Naira, enough to pay 191,954 civil servants the minimum wage. This is happening in a country that has the highest number of people living in extreme poverty and the majority of its population living on less than $2 a day. Mm. 
so when we're talking about, you know, when, when these things happen and when our lawmakers are saying, well, you know, the, y'all are just being lazy, <laughs> you get paid a million dollars a day. What are we really talking about here? Right. So um, so these are the things that we're talking about. Right. So one of the things that they'll say is, you know, well, it's going to cost too much. And it's like, well, why would it cost too much? It would still be about the same. You just go ahead and take out some of those male lawmakers, replace them with women lawmakers. And I think that it, it will be really important to, like, take a look at how much these people are making mm-hmm. um, and to actually, like, push for a bill that dramatically reduces how much money they're there. We're literally giving them $79 billion or Naira, sorry, 79 billion Naira every year. And people are suffering in Nigeria. But they're the ones that are going to have to vote on that bill, right? (laughs) I don't know. So that's the thing about the constitution. Like there should actually be like, the thing with the constitution is like, there's no fail safes. So, mm-hmm. like, in the American Constitution, like, there are certain things that you just, right? There are certain things that you can absolutely get um, voted in, um, in, like, spaces, like, in the House of Representatives or, like, in Congress, where, like, if somebody, like, like, if the president vetoes it, there's, like, a way that you can, you can vote for it again in Congress and you can or pass the veto. So the problem with the Nigerian constitution is like, there's no way, there's no like checks and balances. Like there's no way to include the people in the constitution of America. Like it's it's written in there that if at any point in time, the government, you know, the point where it's no longer effective for the people, it's actually the duty, like the civic duty of the people to overthrow that government um, and, and reform it into something else. I don't think that that exists in the Nigerian constitution, like at all. So what we're talking about at this point is, is like literally a complete reshaping of like the way that the country is ran of the way that like people vote on things. Like it's, it's really not going to be something that is going to be easy, but I think that that's why you have like a whole generation of people who are looking to like infiltrate um, and completely like change because I think the more people you have who are more interested in actually like making sure that Nigerians get everything that they need and that you know people don't have to leave their home anymore to to go elsewhere just to be able to have their basic needs met people like that as they continue to you know get more and more into government then I think that's when you'll start seeing those changes is it going to happen in this generation? I don't think so. But I think that it's nice to, I think that it's nice to have it in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have that. <laughs> How will we have? Uh-huh. Um, well, that's so much we... money. $597,000 a year. 79 billion Naira every single year for all of you. Almost highest paid politicians in the world in a country where where we're all suffering there's no corruption I don't know what is girl but anyway yeah so this has been our third episode we talked about oh go ahead no I said pew 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 third episode pew 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 
we talked about ritual killings. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about the, the um, gender equity bill that was um, struck down, but is now partially being, man, that shit even pisses me off. As in, that shit is annoying. But mm-hmm. I mean, so I just okay. want to say something. Nigerian mm-hmm. women, partially is not a way. <laughs> <laughs> It's a win. It's a victory for women's rights advocates in the region. We need to stop this whole baby steps poco a poco because it's a lie. It's a lie. Like, look at how quick they turn off Twitter. Guys, women, open your eyes. If they would, I mean, if they want to, they would. The reason why they're partially, as in, is it, how did they even say it down now? Partially. Um, How did he said partially rescinding uh, last yeah, week's decision? I don't want to mis misphrase and be or misquote him. Uh-huh. Partially rescinding is because it's made it to social media and it doesn't make them look good, right? <laughs> it doesn't make them look good. It did as in uh-uh, it doesn't make them look good. It makes it look like the ghetto. So of <laughs> course they are going to package, right? And say, okay, we're gonna give these second thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Partially rescinding is an insult because please what are they partially rescinding why are you partially rescinding look at how quick they took down transfer wise crypto twitter because it was not favoring them as a government right and we're going to accept partial rescindment naji they need to do better they need to completely rescind that is exactly what they need to do because um women's rights are human rights it's, it's, it is insulting that as a whole woman, you cannot give your partner citizenship. That mm-hmm. also probably, I don't even know how that even affects your children, given the fact that in Nigeria, they, they, they see children as products of the father, not mm-hmm. even the mother, right? So you 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 can't even give your, your partner citizenship. But like, what are we talking about? And then that's okay. Like, we're going to accept that shit. Why? Because we're women. Mm-hmm. Naji. They need to do better. They need to understand that we are in 20 with the fucking 22. And this whole reserving two seats, I don't even, it, to me, it just looks again like breadcrumbs, right? You want to reserve two seats. Like, okay, why, so to be two women versus how many men? Why not take down men? Why not have like a quota? And I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just be trying their fucking shit. But I, I think if, if they even really, 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 really want to look why not do it 50 50 60 40 which one is two fucking seats like <laughs> two seats. and they said it with their chest we go and keep two seats embarrassing oh my god so nigeria, and these are not rights like we really don't have rights like nigeria i wish nigeria women just woke up and smelt the roses and i'm glad that there are more women realizing that there's some bullshit Women like Aisha, women like um, Khadija Cole, she's running for president in 2023, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chima women like me and you, right? Kems, mm-hmm. a lot of the other women we've met on Clubhouse that understand that we are human beings, we deserve rights. As in, marital rape is not seen, and I know we're going to go into this, but just to, just to even emphasize, marital rape is not seen as a crime. In Nigeria, and you want to tell me women have rights because we go to work? Well, our maternity leave is six weeks. You telling me those are rights? Nah, we we ain't got rights. Like let's let's like those married men. We say come off that, <laughs> come off that. We ain't got rights. Mm-mm. 
but yeah i think we should, we'll go into that more next week like we, we mentioned earlier or next episode like we mentioned earlier because i really want us to highlight i really want us to talk about and really highlight how deeply misogynistic systematically and constitutionally that nigeria is because i don't think people realize that even the misogyny is in the legal books ha mm-hmm. it's strong <sighs> Umbar, it's Umbar. very strong it's very strong um yeah so you know thank you all for joining us again for another episode of unruly as fuck podcast um, today, the raspberries came from the article. Shout out to our girl, Aisha. Yes, ma'am. Y'all, we ain't never going to be free. I just keep, I just, I have to keep saying it because that's, that's where my politics has concluded to like, and when I, I saying it as like, there's no point in trying, but I'm just, I'm saying it like, we got a long way to motherfucking go. Like, Jesus. But anyways, thank you for joining us. Um, we will be back again to some more teens. Um, by the time we have our new episode, our next episode, I promise the Instagram will be up where you will get to listen to clips of myself and Kelly dragging on Clubhouse and occasionally giving a little bit of scholarship when we feel like it. Um, but yeah, um, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me once again on another successful episode. It has been really, really, really real. Um, And yeah, we'll see y'all.